up world. It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You listen to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Tuesday evening in Denver, Colorado at Ball Arena. Damian Lode put on one of the all-time great playoff performances you will ever see. Truly, one of the, the all-time great individual performances in the postseason in the history of the NBA. And the Blazers lost by seven. Dame finished with 55 points. He had 12 of 17 three-pointers. He had 10 assists and just one turnover in 52 minutes. And he brought the Blazers back from the brink Not once, but twice, and damn near a third time. He found CJ McCollum in the corner with 13.7 seconds left to trim the Denver Nuggets lead to one at the end of regulation, and then nailed a 28-foot step back, an inevitable three that you knew was coming to send the game to overtime. And then in overtime, after the Nuggets built a nine-point lead with two minutes left, Dame does what he does. Gets a quick and one. (laughs) It's a 31-footer. Then it's another 30-footer. Then, after Monty Morris splits a pair of free throws, he hits another three-pointer. 12 points in the final two minutes of that first overtime to make sure that it went to a second one. Then, in the second overtime... Dame hit a three to put the Blazers up two, 30 seconds into the period. Then another three to put the Blazers again up two with just under four minutes left. But the Blazers did not score after Dame's three with three minutes and 47 seconds remaining in the second overtime. A scoreless final four minutes in OT as the Nuggets went on to win. They won game five, an epic game five. An epic Game 5, not just because of Dame. Nikola Jokic was brilliant in this game. He wasn't all-time great. He was merely very, 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 very good. 38, 11, and 9 with 4 blocks. Dude was fantastic, and he's an afterthought after Damian Lord's 55 and 10. But you know what Nikola Jokic got? Nikola Jokic got the dub. A victory. And the Nuggets now hold a 3-2 series lead in this first-round series with Thursday's Game 6, a chance for the Denver Nuggets to advance. To eliminate the Blazers and their season advance to the second round. An all-time great Damian Lillard performance spoiled, quite frankly, by his teammates. Yusuf Nurkic fouled out in 24 minutes, got called for a moving screen for his fifth foul, and then committed an unforgivably stupid sixth foul with four minutes left in, in regulation. But Dame wasn't going to let this thing end in regulation. Of course not. When Austin Rivers stepped into a three-pointer to put Denver up five in three and a half minutes remaining in the fourth quarter, Damon Lord wasn't going to let the Blazers lose. From that point forward, he scored 22 points on 8 of 11 shooting, including 17 in the two overtime periods. His teammates, from that three and a half minute mark of the fourth quarter forward, scored 10 points on 3 of 18 shooting, including... A, tr- a truly, truly troubling 1 of 16 from the non-Damian Lillards in the two overtimes. He had 17. Everybody else had two. The everybody else 
Ennis Cantor grabbed an offensive rebound and scored. Norman Powell went over three. Robert Covington went over three in the overtimes, including missing a crucial dunk that he tried to dunk way too hard for no reason. Late in the second overtime, that would have cut the lead to one. CJ McCollum, 0 for 5 and 0 for 3 from downtown in those two overtimes. And he stepped out of bounds late in the second overtime while the Blazers were just down three and scrambling with under a minute left and a chance to do it again. And those overtimes don't happen with Yusuf Nurkic because he had already fouled out. Afterwards, Dame was dejected. As, as frustrated, and, and I think dejected is really the right word, as, as just sort of emotionally spent and frustrated as I've seen him. I've maybe seen him more mad, more angry, but just in terms of deflated and dejected, that was, this was Dame at, at, at one of his lower points. I don't want to make, I don't want to like proclaim like, this is as angry as I've ever seen him. There's, I've seen, I've seen him, I've seen him lose some games and, and, um, and he's always very honest in interviews and open, but like he was, he was upset. And he had every right to be. He had every right to be. Uh, this is going to surprise some of my regular listeners, but I thought Terry Stotts might have said it best. Stotts said he had empathy for Dame and empathy for his team, but now, immediately after the game and heading into Game 6, is not the time for empathy. I agree. There are reasons to feel bad about this game, right? You lose Game 5 in a heartbreaker. You lose Game 5 when Dame had an all-time great game. It's easy to feel like this is it, it is over, blah, blah, blah. Like, and, and it certainly it certainly in the moment feels like this was this was the win you get. You win this game, you get two chances to close it out, including one at home on Thursday. And now you not only have to win that game on Thursday, but then you have to go back to Denver and win a game seven. Like it's all it 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 you you this was a bad loss. This is not the game you wanted to lose. Uh Dame when Dame had a performance like this, he just needed a little bit of help. Just a little bit of help. Not a lot. Not a, not a great performance, but he needed a little bit of help. And his teammates didn't have it for him. I want to talk about that in the second segment. I wanted to spend this first little bit just talking about how good how good Dame was. I want... I know that it is difficult. If you're, if you're listening to this podcast, quite frankly, after this loss, you love the Blazers. And so, I, like, I want you to appreciate this. We were treated to an all-time great game. An all-time great game. Just, just an all-time great. It was just a not how you want it to go. A really crushing end. Um, but this was an all-time great game. This was, this was really high-level basketball, and this was Dame playing about as well as you can play the sport. As a basketball agnostic or whatever, I'm, I, I, I thought it was fantastic. But I, I know that this hurts. So I don't want to, I'm not telling anyone how to feel. You should be, you should be mad if you want to, but if you can find a moment to appreciate how darn good Damian Lillard was and not have it be sort of eating away at, at what could have been, I encourage you to do so. Let's give Dame some hardware though. He's our Michelob Ultra player of the week. We didn't have to vote for this when the committee quickly selected Damian Lillard when they looked at the box score and started crying. Damian Lillard, despite all of this that happened, 55 and 10, 12, three, 12 of 17 from three, and breathed hope into a team that looked lost at the end of regulation and cooked down nine in the first overtime. Damian Lord sparked that joy for a fleeting moment. He gave you the, the real and true happiness that comes from watching your favorite player play that well. Michelob wants you to know that joy creates success. And for those, for those moments, in the end of regulation, in the end of the first overtime, Damian Lillard was bringing you pure joy and delivering the success on the court. 
Listen, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. And I encourage you to try to find your ability to enjoy it because Damian Lillard was absolutely special. So that's why he is our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. All right. So Damian Lord was as special as they come. As as the man is a treasure. Uh, he's he's really just so 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 good. I a couple things I flash back to in this game. One was a question from the mailbag last night when someone asked, uh, "Is Damian Lillard like? Is he the thing holding back the Blazers from winning a championship? Is he? Is can you not win a championship with Damian Lillard as your best player?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, I disagreed then, and I certainly disagree now. That That's what I flash back to now. This was Damian Lillard at his peak. This was Damian Lillard as one of the five best players in the world. This Damian Lillard is uh, touching a height that no one has ever touched before, putting up a stat line that hadn't been achieved before. But the reason he didn't get a win wasn't because he wasn't good. <laughs> it wasn't because he wasn't a good enough top option. It's because his teammates weren't good enough tonight. CJ McCollum said it is that they it's a shame that they that they wasted a performance like that and and I think it's true and CJ was certainly there and by there I mean right in the mix of people making it a shame as Damian Lord hits 12 threes it goes nuts in the final three minutes and then in both overtimes to keep the Blazers in it and CJ McCollum quite frankly struggled. Damian Lord had 20 had 55 points on 24 shots. CJ McCollum had 18 points on 22 shots. When the second unit was in there, CJ couldn't get that team couldn't get that group going. Some of that is just because those guys couldn't get going themselves. It wasn't a good Carmelo night. They didn't get him they you know, Ant had a couple Anthony Simons had a couple nice uh threes, but he just didn't do a ton else. Um the Blazers went small for the most part. Uh, when when it was possible and that small ball unit just wasn't very good again. Uh, Rondi Hollis-Jefferson, really, they really struggled with him on the court. And Yusuf Nurkic, the key to this whole dang thing, the linchpin for the Blazers, the most important player in a lot of ways. I mean, I think Damian Lamont Ollie Lillard Sr. has probably solidified himself as the most important player or and certainly the best player. But Yusuf Nurkic is the key to this whole dang thing. And he fouled out in 24 minutes. His fourth foul and his sixth foul are unforgivably stupid. They're just stupid things that you, that that you just can't do. He needs to know he has to know how important he is to the plan and not do those things. His fourth foul is a direct post up. He gets the ball in the post against Nurkic. He gives him one hard shoulder to get himself into the middle of the paint, and then he loads up to give him another one. You know that Jokic is going to flop. There is no one around you. You know if you hit him square, he's going to fall down and they're going to blow the whistle. You can't do it. You can't do it. Everyone could see it developing. Yusuf Nurkic bowls him over, gets his fourth foul, has to go to the bench. The Blazers have to close the quarter with Ennis Cantor back on the court because they can't really go small against Jokic. It didn't work in the overtime. We'll get there, but uh, they have to they have to put size on him and they have to and they have to bring Cantor in. And Jokic immediately goes to work on Cantor, scored on or scored on two of his first three trips, but shot on all of them. Uh, Cantor doesn't he doesn't have the length and the size to bother Jokic. He can shoot over the top. He's not fast enough, and Jokic can get past him. Uh, it's just it's just a terrible matchup for him. It's a terrible matchup for him playing against the MVP. Uh, it's, 
maybe he can guard other bigs. He can't guard Jokic, and it was a problem. And he wasn't even that bad, quite frankly. Like Cantor wasn't even that bad. Um, he he's not a good he's not a good choice. Um, but he wasn't that bad. This he wasn't the reason that they that they lost this game by any means. It's just that the trade off from going from Nurk to Cantor means that you are in instead of being confident in those uh, defensive. Um, possessions you're now in scramble mode and it's the thing the nuggets want to attack and go after uh it's just it's a problem then so Cantor has to sit or excuse me Yusuf Nurkic has to sit he has four fouls he comes back in and commits kind of a kind of a bummer uh fifth foul kind of a bummer like it, it's I think it was a foul but the you know, in, in the playoffs, it's, he's moving and it's a physical screen and they, they just get, gave him a quick whistle. Um, I think he fouled him, but Dame, Dame was kind of mad about the call after the game. And I, I can see why it's a physical game. People move on screens all the time. Uh, Nurkic got it. He, he just got a whistle. You know, it's like it's, it, he got a little bit unlucky there. But that's why you don't commit an incredibly stupid fourth foul that everyone could see coming for, you know, a 10 full seconds as you lined up a player who you knew was going to flop. Because then when you do get an unfortunate whistle, when you're when you're just playing basketball and doing the right thing and you do get a shitty whistle, that's then you can overcome it. You don't commit the dumb fouls because then the fouls you're going to get by being a giant person, uh, they don't matter as much. And then on the next play, as uh, you know, Nurk had sat for a long time. He knew how crucial he was to this. He knows how crucial he is to this. And the Nuggets get inside on dribble penetration, a dump off to Aaron Gordon, and Yusuf Nurkic rotates over there and could have given up a dunk to let the Blazers go down four, but instead tries for the poster block. And really, he just gave one of those, like, I'm not going to let you dunk type of contests. Like, I'll take this foul if I have to type of contest. But that's your sixth foul. You have to give up the points. You have to give them up. Like, Aaron Gordon missed the free throws, it didn't actually affect the scoreboard, but it changes the whole game. From then on, the Blazers played the final 14 minutes. And everybody struggled. <laughs> As I mentioned in the, the top of the first segment. Uh, you know, two two possessions later, uh, Austin Rivers hits a three, and then Dame Magic basically starts from there. 22 points from the from the three and a half minute mark on. Nurk leaves, and Dame realizes, I have to be a hero because I'm not getting any help. And the not getting help, any help, you know, it obviously carried over to the overtime where CJ McCollum struggled. Um, I don't think this is like a like an indictment of CJ as a player or as a teammate of Dame's. Um, I think if you waited to this game to realize that the Dame-CJ pairing is a little bit wonky, then you're just like kind of picking your spots. If this was the game that maybe made you come all the way ra- around, I think that's unfair too, because what CJ did was miss shots. Like their pairing is, the problems with their pairing is much larger than CJ shooting bricks in this game. However, he shot bricks in this game. 7 of 22, 2 for 8 from 3. You know, he had a nice floor game, 18-7-7. and Um, The box score looks nice, but you know what you saw if you watched this game. He wasn't very good. And in overtime, when they desperately need help, they desperately need CJ's help. He goes 0 for 5 and misses all three of his three-point attempts. And then, despite all of that, Dame's heroics give the Blazers a chance. They get a stop with the clock ticking under 20 seconds, down three. Jokic can't score inside, trying to bully his way over Robert Covington. 
Blazers get the rebound. They come down. They find CJ McCollum on the wing. He has a chance to attack or take a pull-up, and he steps out of bounds. This wasn't like, that's not like an indictment of CJ the player or whatever. It's just an unclutch thing and a shitty turnover. If you're using this moment as the thing, like, we should trade CJ because he's no good, you're missing the point. The point is much larger than that. The point is, like, their their actual fit on the basketball court. And quite frankly, CJ's been really good in the playoffs until this season where he's been really bad. Obviously really bad in context, like they need him to be an ace. They need him to be one, they need him to be one B. And right now he's like two C or something like that, right? Like he's just, um, there he's, he's been, when they win, he's been okay, but mostly he's the, he's, he just hasn't been a major, major factor. He's, he's been fine to bad in all of these games. And this game was not good. And, and this, this one hurts because of how special Dame was. They needed the sidekick. They needed Robin to do one damn thing. And he didn't do it. He missed the shots when they mattered. Missed open threes. Missed tough threes. Took a contested midi uh, late in this or in in overtime. And then step. And then the step out of bounds thing is just like a bummer. That's not an. That's like it's not. It, he just he just made a mistake. The dude turned the ball over when he shouldn't have. It stinks. So all the things that had gone right in game four to have help the Blazers get a blowout win, none of it really clicked in game five. Norman Powell, 5 of 14, 13 points, missed all three of his three-point attempts. Robert Covington, best game of the series by far offensively, but missed a crucial dunk in the second overtime. 40 seconds left in the Blazers down three, and Covington tries to throw down an unnecessarily massive dunk. Like, maybe he was trying to prevent the, the block attempts or trying to dunk through contact, but he just threw one off the back rim. So instead of a one-point game where the Blazers need one stop and they'll get the ball back with a chance to win, they get their one stop and they're still down three and CJ steps out of bounds. So Damon Lord feeds, his, you know, he scored 17 points in the in the two overtime periods. He feeds Robert Covington. He drives down the paint, feeds Robert Covington for a dunk. Great cut by Covington. Great move. Dame finds him, you know, uh, leveraging all the attention he's getting from the Nuggets defense that he'd been eating up all night. They chose not to double-team Dame uh, in down the stretch of those uh, of the fourth quarter and overtime. Truly bizarre. He made them pay for it. I don't think we'll see that again. I think they'll just immediately send two to the ball. Uh, Malone will watch the the lesson that he learned with Damian Lillard hitting 12 threes. And they'll, um, I assume we will not see that again. Dame with a chance to just straight up. Um, they'll either foul or they'll, even though Malone explained why he wouldn't, but they'll just send two to the ball and say literally anyone else but Dame. But, you know, Dame leverages that attention he's getting, gets down the left side of the paint, leaves it for Rocco, and he misses it. Then they come, to, they get their stop that they want. Covington plays, you know, competitive defense against Jokic. He just missed a close one inside. They get the rebound, and CJ steps out of bounds. Dame has 17 points to that point. Dude misses a dunk. The other dude steps out of bounds. You can only do so much. And this one is frustrating for precisely that because Dame was, like we've just been saying, Dame was just so, so, so good and these little moments that that slip away. But lost in all of this, something that we haven't even, I haven't even mentioned 20 minutes into the show, <laughs> the Blazers were down by 22 and getting their ass whooped through a quarter and a half of this game and then came all the way back. I want to talk about game six. The Blazers season is on the line on Thursday. Let's, let's talk about it in the third segment. Because, you know, slow starts, no Nurk, no CJ, that's going to be a problem. But those problems are obvious. I think there's some simple solution stuff. And I think based on the way that I think Denver might respond a little bit to this game, we could see those solutions play out. So let's let's talk about what to expect in game six a little bit in the third segment to close out the show. But first, let's talk about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. 
comes in nine delicious flavors like coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, and mint brownie, or my personal favorite, peanut butter brownie. There's something for everybody. If you know what you like, you can go to the website right now and order them. And while you're there, they might have some uh, occasional limited time flavors. So make sure you're checking the BuiltBar.com website regularly because not only do they have all these nine always going to be their uh, reliable flavors, but they got some they got some fun flavors they'll mix it up with. Make sure you check it out. So you can order exactly what you like. Order, order your boxes. Or if you don't know what you like, you can get a mixed box. You get two of each of their nine flavors. Find out what you like and order more from there. These bars are delicious. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They got that candy bar-like texture, but they also have at least 17 grams of protein and five grams of net carbs or fewer. They're good and good for you. Go get yourself some. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by BetOnline. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. They make it simple, they make it easy, and you can win money. So if you want to bet on the NBA playoffs, you want to bet on the WNBA regular season, you want to bet on Major League Baseball's regular season games, you want to bet on the NHL playoffs heating up in their own right, all of that is available for you, plus plenty of other stuff, horse racing, UFC, and MMA. It is all there waiting for you and more. So head over on head on over to that website, betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON when you're making your first deposit and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. Again, betonline.ag, the promo code is LOCKEDON. And when you put that in when you're making your first deposit, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond, and you're still listening to Locked on Blazers. We talked about Dame's brilliance. We talked about the folks that let him down amongst that brilliance. But there was also just a lot to unpack in this game. The Blazers came out, um, I don't know if flat is the right word, but they couldn't make anything. And, and I even thought they got some good shots, at least in the first minute and a half, before their um, before their offense kind of stagnated. But their defense just was horrific. And Damian Lillard was a big problem, a part of that defense. They, he gave up a bunch of just straight-line drives. Guys just blowing by him to the rim. You blow, Once one guy blows by, you got to help. You put him in rotations. Once you're in rotations, you're scrambling, you're in trouble. And the Nuggets are good enough on offense that if you give them straight-line drives and let them, let them get into the paint and then... And and then kick out from there. They're going to eat you alive. And that's what they did. They built a 22-point first half lead. This one felt like that. At that moment, I was like, oh, um, the Blazers are just going to get smoked in this game. And then game six is going to be like where they do have their little like, you know, bounce, desperate bounce back moments. Like it's not what you want to do, but but it looked like that's what they were going to do. And then uh, Portland just put together an awesome, an awesome uh, second quarter. And instead of uh, being down big, you know, they cut it to 13 at the end of one and they cut it to three at halftime. And then they even led after three quarters. Like this was, um, they again fell, fell behind in the fourth as we've, as we've chronicled here, the final three and a half minutes where Dame was so gosh darn special. And then overtime when they're down nine, so gosh darn special again, but down 22 early in this one. Like this one looks like it was going to be a an absolute route and it's because the defense was horrific. Like the defense was really really bad and part of me thinks that this all of this like was 
you know, we can point to everyone else other than Dame. Dude had 55 and, and 10. Um, hit 12 three-pointers. Like, I don't I don't mean to, like, take this third segment to be like, Dame blew it. But if the Blazers don't fall behind by that much, maybe some of this heroics, like, maybe, you know, they wouldn't need it. It wouldn't be the same way. It's like if Dame played with better players, he wouldn't get the ball on every single late-game situation, um, and he wouldn't have chance. Dame time wouldn't be so magical if he played with another superstar because they could play off each other. Like, it's a... It, it, Text matters here. Um, if they, you know, if they don't, if it's not close, Dame isn't having that type of game. But I think the the energy, absolutely the energy and, and sort of emotional toll of coming back from down 22. Well, I don't think it impacted the game. It's certainly not what you want. You'd rather, um, you know, <laughs> hell, you, I mean, you'd rather win. That's the trick, right? But, but I think uh, the really, really bad defensive start before the Blazers kind of engaged and they played about... 20 minutes of like really bad defense in this game and then st- still somehow had a chance to win you can, I mean you just you're not going to get away with that again they didn't get away with it in this game but they damn near did a couple times so what has to change in this game that like what is what is going to be the the big difference in game six as opposed to game five like some of it is you just can't have you can't have 20 minutes of bad defense you know you can't have 17 18 minutes of just of like non-competitive defense right like that's that's you're just not going to be competitive in those games. Like the Blazers are, we're lucky to get back and be competitive in this one. The Nuggets, uh, you know, they when Jokic actually came back in that first quarter, it uh, the Blazers made their run with him on the court. They struggled to open the game, then they struggled when he went to the bench, and then uh, amazingly, uh, the Blazers they were down 18 when he checked back in over the final. He came back in with about seven minutes left, 6:42 according to my notes here. Uh, he came back in, and the Blazers outscored the Nuggets 23 to eight to close that first half. Like that's, uh, you know, a, a 15 point swing with Jokic on the floor just hasn't really happened. Um, I think that's, I think, I, I just don't think you're going to pull that off again, quite frankly. So you can't fall behind by a bunch, but that is not exactly brave. That's not, this is not like hard hitting analysis. It's like, don't fall down by a whole bunch of points. Another like small wrinkle that I think ended up getting lost in this game because of, because of, you know, you get to two overtimes and all this stuff was that the Nuggets tra- changed up their defensive, um, assignments early in this game they put uh Faku on Norm and they put Aaron Gordon on CJ and let uh and let Austin Rivers take Dame uh, pretty clearly if you look at the old box score Austin Rivers didn't shut down Dame but uh, I thought Aaron Gordon's length uh gave CJ some problems I thought um Faku's just energy gave was a good was a good sort of uh, way to counteract what Norm did. I don't think he shut him down by any means, but I thought um, I, I thought that wasn't a matchup that Norm could take, uh, you know, super advantage of just because of how hard Compazzo plays. Rivers was fine. They mixed Aaron Gordon around. He guarded CJ early in both halves. Like he, they started him on CJ early in both halves. He played a little bit on Dame, a little bit on Norm. Obviously, the Nuggets switch a little bit too. But I'm talking like primary assignments to begin to begin games. I thought that was an interesting wrinkle. So maybe that was some of uh, CJ's uh, failing to get going a little little bit in this one was that uh was that he had he had some more length on him but like the big adjustments here are the ones that we talked about prior to game four nothing has changed like the it's so simple kind of i mean it's not that simple because how do you tap into it it's i've talked about a bunch but like you just need good nurk and the blazers three losses in this series nurk has fouled out and their two wins he's played 
He was the best player on the court in game four. I'm not asking or expecting him to be that. That's not what I'm saying. Like, hey, go be the most dominant player on the court. That's silly. Like, I even joked about it after that game. Like, it's not going to happen again. Like, that would, you know, that was that was Nurk at his absolute best and probably Jokic at his, as, you know, as most as he's going to struggle in this series. Like, it was coming. Of course, Jokic was going to have a 38-point triple-double. Like, duh, duh. He's, just, he's the MVP. But Nurk, Nurk has to stay on the floor. Nurk has to play. Nurk has to play 30 minutes. That's it. He cannot foul out with four minutes left. He cannot take an incredibly predictable foul late in the third quarter and then a stupid foul to foul out of the game. He has to be smarter. I don't even think he has to be that good. He just has to be on the court because when he's not on the court, everything changes. Uh, they put Cantor in. As I, as I had talked about in the mailbag, like Stotts said that they're going to need Cantor for exactly this because you can't put the steady diet that they tried. Down the stretch, they put both uh, Mello and Rocco on him. I thought Rocco did a slightly better job than Carmelo Anthony. M- Mello didn't get many op- many opportunities. Um, and the problem is that when you put Rocco on uh, on. Jokic, you're going to want a double team, you know, just the size advantage, the strength advantage, all those things. But the Blazers don't have very smart double teamers. Like Carmelo Anthony, go watch those defensive possessions where Rocco is guarding uh, Jokic in the post. Melo has no sense of how to time a double team. He is truly bad at it. He just gets stuck in no man's land, committed a stupid foul on one of them because he just didn't get anywhere. He didn't get, he's supposed to go. There's there's a couple, you can hear the uh, stats whistling from the sidelines and that's the signal to double. And, and Melo's still a little bit slow kind of jogging out there. You gotta, it's, he just, it, when you put Yoko, Rocco, Yoko, wow. Uh, sh- sorry to the Beatles. Um, when you put Robert Covington as the point of attack defender, when you put Rocco on the ball, on the most important assignment, it takes away the Blazers' best help defender and leaves them with a bunch of shitty ones. The best help defender beyond that is Norman Powell. And that's this isn't like he's not in, that's not what he's best at. He's best at being a, a physical and, and dogging dogging is someone who's his primary assignment, not being this elite help defender. He's got good hands and good instincts, but that's not what he's best at. That's what Covington is best at. That's what you need. Um, it, this just, it was, so Nurk has to play because it compounds everything. Robert Covington, relatively competitive, but totally overmatched. Carmelo Anthony, not a real option. And Ennis Cantor wasn't that bad. Like I'll say it again, he wasn't that bad, but he's not that good. And he's not, he's not a, he's not a, He's not what you want. Like he's not. He wasn't horrific. Um, I thought. I thought he was kind of fine. But he's like clearly. He doesn't have an offensive advantage that would like make make you say, okay, there's some sort of trade off. You're just saying like, hey, he's better than. He's like slightly better than some other options. But he's he's it's negligible. He's negligibly better than than Rocco and maybe maybe a little bit worse. Like they're about the same. But uh, Covington offers you spacing on the other end uh, and and Cantor doesn't. Maybe you, you say he's a better screener. We could debate whether who's better, but I, I really think um, that we're nitpicking the larger point, which is that if the Blazers are going to win, it's because Nurk's going to play every minute that Jokic does. Period. If there are minutes, base, uh, here's what I'll say. If, if, there are, if there are more than two minutes when Nurk is on the bench and Nikola Jokic is on the floor in game six, the Blazers will lose. They don't have another choice. He's this. This is the roster they got, and if it isn't Nurk, it's gonna be an L. The other thing I had talked about in the uh, mailbag episode that I posted in the feed just before this one is that I was a little bit worried about the Michael Porter Jr. game coming. I talked about that after Game Four. Talked about it again in the mailbag episode. I guess I've talked about it in, the, in both the previous episodes I posted, but he, it it was here. 
It was here. The Michael Porter Jr. game came. 26 points on 10 of 13 shooting, hit three of his threes, added 12 rebounds. Um, the Blazers relentlessly hunted him in pick and rolls, and uh, he tried. <laughs> um, he's not. He's a more competitive and, in, and interested defender than he's ever been in his NBA career, but he's not capable of that. Um, and But on the other end, if he's going to give you 26 and 12, then it's going to be troublesome. Um also, Monte Morris went nuts. He, you know, in the Norm, you know, Norman Powell mold, Norm had 29 in game four. Monte Morris has 28 um, in in uh, game five. He was primarily guarded down the stretch by C.J. McCollum. And whilst I thought C.J. Was, was pretty darn competitive, he wasn't that effective. Like, I don't think C.J., I thought C.J.'s defense on, on Morris, for the most part, was fine to good. There was even a couple of possessions late in the first overtime where C.J. blew up the initial action by knifing through a handoff and 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 give making the sort of Jokic Morris two man game have problems, but for the most part, Monty Morris got what he wanted. Uh, four of nine from three, twenty eight points. Like he was, uh, he's the answer for them at point guard. It's not Compazzo, um, and he's going to continue to come off the bench. So I don't want to say like it's bench scoring because he's effectively their starter, right? Like he's he's going to play more minutes than Compazzo. So. Um, you got to slow down those, you got to slow down the other parts. Like you can't, I don't think the Blazers can win if Porter Jr. has 25 plus and Morris is pushing 20. Like I, I, I just think, uh, you got to hold those dudes down. You got to accept that Jokic might have a 40 point triple double and then move from there. So the solutions are what they've been. Nurk play every single minute limit the other guys from the nuggets. Like you've just have to be better on those. And then the big one is CJ McCollum has to have his game. When is his game coming in the series? When is it going to happen? The Blazers, he has paid too much money to be a little bit worse than Austin Rivers. I mean, that's maybe a little bit harsh, but for real, at this point in the series, it has to be, a CJ game has to happen or this one ends. Like they just need him to be big. They need him to bounce back. They need him to be special. They, he's capable of this and he, and, 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 and he, for the most part, has been something akin to this in m- most of his playoff series. He's been fantastic. Like he's he's raised his game. Not maybe not every time to like the highest of high levels, but he's been consistently a good performer. And then you get him in this playoffs, and he's averaging twenty points. He's shooting forty four percent from the field, thirty five percent from three. He's just he just has not been as good. In the regular season, he was a forty percent three point shooter on high volume. And in the playoffs, he's shooting below the league average, 35% from three on less attempts. Like he just needs to be better. I don't, at, at some point, you know, we can, we can yell about Terry Stotts, but this is a player's play thing. Nurk has to be smarter. CJ has to be better. And the Blazers defense can't take the first 20 minutes of the game off. You can, if you choose to do so and put the puzzle together in your head, however you want, I'm sure you can find a way to blame any of number of those things on the coaching staff. Please do it. To me, this is a player's responsibility thing and Nurk has a responsibility to be better and CJ has a responsibility to be better and collectively, and that includes Damian Lillard, they cannot be awful on defense to begin the game. That, those, are, those are relatively obvious solutions, punch you in the face type stuff, but when you get this deep into the, into the series and you just dropped a game where a dude had 55 points and hit 12 threes, it's pretty simple. The Blazers lost this game in the margins. They lost this game because CJ McCollum needed to make two more shots. They lost this game because Yusuf Nurkic needed to play three more minutes. 
That's it. That's the difference in this one. You're not going to get superhuman Dame every night, but he's going to be dependably good. He, you know, (laughs) the Blazers lost the game where he had 55 and they won the game where he had 10 and made one shot. It's been a weird series, but I trust Dame and he needs to be able to trust those other dudes. It's a shame they wasted game five, an all-time great game. An all-time great game. Something that, um, if you're listening to this, you probably won't want to watch it, but they'll replay this on NBA TV sometime in the middle of the summer, and I will I will enjoy pouring back over this one. But tonight it stings, and that means Thursday this the series will be on the line. The Blazers' playoff lives will be on the line. 5 p.m. tip-off at the Moda Center on Thursday. It's going to be a it's going to be a long it's going to be a long 40 hours for us to get there, right? Like we're a ways away. We're about as I'm recording this, we're about 42 hours away from tip off. It's going to be a long 42 hours, but here's the good news, dear listener. Nikias Duncan is joining the program. Uh, he's gonna. We're gonna record that show on Wednesday. Uh, it will be in your feeds probably Wednesday evening. Uh, so check check back for that. Nikias is the is a writer for BasketballNews.com and the host of the wonderful basketball podcast, uh, The Dunker Spot. I've actually randomly shouted him out here a couple times recently. One of my favorite basketball minds. Cannot wait to pick his pick his brain and and uh, have him share his insight with us. Just a really really sharp basketball analyst and. Uh, after a game like that, I, I'm excited to have him on. I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Blazers could have done me a solid and won the game, but you know they didn't. We're st- Nikai's is going to be is going to be here though on the show tomorrow, so uh, that should be a ton of fun. Do not miss that one. That is that is one you absolutely don't don't want to miss. I guess if you made it this far in this episode, you probably don't miss many. And for that, I appreciate you. If you are a new listener, welcome to the program. Uh, the Blazers always go to overtimes, and Dame Lillard scores 55 every night. It's always like this, except sometimes they win. I promise. Um, no, but for real, if you're a new listener, welcome. Uh, I'm so excited to have you. Thanks for jumping on board during a fun playoff run. If you're a longtime listener, I'm so excited that you're still sticking around, even after a really frustrating loss like this. In either case, regardless, first time, long time, mi- medium time, whatever it is, uh, if you enjoy the show, just do me a favor and tell your friends about this podcast. It's the best way to spread the word uh, is word of mouth. Tell your friend, yo, I like this podcast. It makes me smarter, makes me laugh, makes me whatever. Uh, just tell them they can find it wherever they already get podcasts. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.